Hey everybody, Code Pen Radio, I have, and it's been a hot minute. Rach <laughs> Smith from the Code Pen team. Hey Rach. Hello. G'day. How you going? I should call you Rachel, but you can't Google Rachel Smith. You'll get all kinds of incorrect ones. You gotta Yeah, there's like a famous Rach. lady, some presenter mm-hmm. lady called Rachel Smith. So that's why I use Rach for my website and or all Google my online identities. Yeah. <laughs> You, if you just if you cut out the el, you get right there. Yeah, super active blogger. Anyway, we had this kind of micro idea to talk about. I want to talk about how we work because that's just fun generally, and kind of the point of this podcast generally. And you're a thinker on how you work. You know, related to CodePen or not or whatever, you blog about it sometimes. Just ideas and concepts of how we can be better at what we do. But it has been a while since we've talked specifically about remote work. Quick look back at the archives, you know, 2016, episode 77, we talked about remote work in general, yeah. Because we were wondering, like, surely we've talked about this before, but (laughs) it's been a hot minute. We've never, ever had an official CodePen office just so happens that Robert works with me now here in Bend, but not official. And we, uh, it's not the, it's not the headquarters by any mean. We've always been all remote and, and, you know, COVID made that a, a kind of a bigger thing or whatever, but it's still kind of a, it's just constantly talked about as a, as a concept. Is it good or not? Is it effective? How to be effective and that kind of thing. We are well qualified to talk about that. <laughs> Been doing it for a little while now, haven't oh, we? A little while, yes. And <laughs> before not it only, was cool. <laughs> you'd think it'd be a Boolean, but I feel like a remote work should almost be like an integer value in the database because it's kind of like, but how remote really are you? We're like yeah. all the way remote. Not only do we not have any offices whatsoever, and not we don't really get together anymore, unfortunately. And maybe someday, but everybody's all all kitted up and stuff. It would be mm. real, it would be a real thing to get us all together at this point. But not only that. <laughs> Rach also lives in Australia, which is about as far away as you can get from most of us who live in the United States. And, uh, you know, so time zone-wise and distant-wise, that's a that's real remote. You really have to think about that and be considered to make this work. And we have for tons of years. Yeah, I feel like I've been um, lucky in that you guys have been willing to work with me on the fact that I have, you know, my schedule doesn't line up exactly with the US usual work day. So there's lots of companies in the US who won't do that. You know, they say remote US only because they don't want to deal with other time zones. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah. always appreciative that you guys are willing to, you know, mm. work around that. We have our sort of, we have our main meetings, like our all hands meetings and stuff sort of later in the day. So I can, um, Get yeah, to well, them it's not later and, in the day for you, right? You've always adjusted your work day yeah, really early. Yeah, well, later in your day. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah, till yeah. like, I mean, it's not till, it's not till one on Western time. So by the time you're getting to Central and Eastern, it's getting pretty late for it's, like it's a, a late. meeting that's, yeah, which in, in most companies you would have that meeting like first thing on a Monday, you know, it's kind of like a kickoff for the week style meeting, but we have ours like at the end of the day on Monday because I, uh, I, it's my Tuesday morning when that happens. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to have it. I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. It is that way for you, but I, I, now I'm so used to it. 
I don't know that I'd want it right this second away. I need right, like a, a minute thing. in the morning. Uh, but uh, I, I was on the East Coast on, on freaking Monday, which I, I had planned to whatever. I ended up missing the all hands because I forgot how weirdly late in that it's 4 p.m. on the East Coast of the United right, States. Right, yeah. Dang. So late. It's so late. <laughs> so late. East Coast. Yeah. Okay, so there's yeah. the time zone thing. And, but what does that mean then? I mean, we can talk specifically for you and generally, but it does mean that because our overlap hours are so early in your day, if you want to catch anybody at all, it's like, better do it. You know, people often, they want to know what it's like remote working and, you know, the challenges of remote working. And one of the thing I think things that come up is you have to be very sort of intentional and organized about your communication. And especially so when you're dealing with time zone differences, like when you work in an office, you sort of, you're under the assumption that everyone's there roughly between the hours between nine and five, there's probably a bit of differentiation there, but usually everyone's around at the same time. And you sort of generally have like a whole day to just go and grab someone if you need to talk about something. But when you work remotely, you don't have the luxury of just being able to interrupt people whenever you see them because they're in the in in the same office as you, and you also um, don't you need sort of need to be you don't know if they're often like usually purely remote teams like ours because you are remote and you have flexibility. Most I'd say would have sort of somewhat flexible hours too. So in definitely in CodePen, it's not expected that you're sitting at your computer from 9am to 5pm and a break for lunch. Like, <laughs> you know, we allow, you know, we have, as long as you get your work done, it's okay if you need to dip out for school run or you need to go do an errand or, you know, so you can't always be guaranteed that that person's going to be online, be able to get your message when you want to get it to them. And then especially for me, you know, by the time I've hit midday my time, everyone at CodePen, besides Alex, he's a night owl though, he's different, he's up all night um, coding crazy hours. But like sometimes, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, but most people on the team are like they're done for the day over in the US. So I can't be asking anyone questions um, after midday my time. There's like I'm on my own. So if I want to you know, if if something comes up for me and I need a question answered, I need to make that happen in the morning. So if I'm wanting to get an answer for the next day and then if it's not in the morning, I have to be okay with the fact I'm not getting an answer until the next day. So I have to organize my work in such a way that I'm never like blocked, you know, like I'm never, oh, I can't do anything until I have this question answered, so I may as well just sit on my hands until the next day. Like that's not an option for me. So I kind of always have to have a few things lined up that I can do. So if I run into a roadblock for one thing, I can like move on to the next and still make progress somewhere. Like Luckily in CoPen, there's like a, a million things to do at any point in time. So it's like it's not, um, it's not like imagine some jobs would be like this is your job and that and and that's it. And then if you get blocked on your job, then you're blocked. But because I do a hundred jobs here, like there's always something I can do. But I wonder if that, you know, I mean, is part of your nature or whatever, but you happen to know a lot of different like languages and parts of our stack and all that. I wonder if it had kind of was partially fueled by this idea of like, I never want to be blocked. So I will learn 
everything. <laughs> I can't just be like, oh, that's a Ruby thing. I gotta yeah. I just wait for tomorrow. Like, how about I just learn Ruby and then I won't be a blocker? <laughs> that's I think that's my personality in in I mean it's helpful in that I'm I can unblock myself from things. That's the, been the result of years of doing that, of, yeah. of being like, I don't know this. All right, I'll just learn it and then like and then learning the thing. But I think because I I've just never been satisfied with in a software project, I started as a front ender and I'd, you know, you'd send the info to the back end and then it wasn't satisfying for me to go, oh, well, it's over there and I don't know what's going to happen to that info now. Like I'm always like, but where does it go? What happens? What happens next? And then when does it go? And then like I just always curious about like how a piece of information goes from all the way to the, from the front to the back of the stack. And so, um, like that's that's why I end up learning. Like I learned Ruby while I was at CodePen. I've learned Go. Like any backend language we've come up with, I'm 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 not happy with just going. Oh well, I'll just let someone else do that because I'm like, but I want to know how it works too. And then yeah. and then I end up learning it. But the side effect of that is is that I don't. I'm never blocked for work to to do. There's always work that can be done which is great yeah, when you yeah. are a remote worker and that comes once up a lot. you crack the nut too it's kind of like i don't know it's not that weird i mean and whatever it's fmt.println instead of console.log you know exactly and that's that's i think a lot of developers will find that once you've learned you know two or three languages any subsequent languages just become easier and easier because you've already got so many of the models around previous languages and even just the ability to Google stuff. So once you know how to do something in JavaScript, you can be like, well, how do I do this and go? And like, you can frame it like, how do I do this? You know, how do I do map an array in Go? And because you already know it's called map an array in JavaScript, you know what to Google because you know, yeah. So it's just a lot easier. Um, it's it's a for loop, by the way. Everything in Go is a for loop. <laughs> So this, <laughs> it's a for loop. There's no map. Nothing. Yeah, it's getting it's, it's getting easier for me. I'm a little I'm a little behind you, but it's it's been illuminating to me to work more at the data level and the back end level and, and feel more comfortable uh, across the stack. Is it's it's been nice, but there's still <laughs> there's still so much where I'm just like, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a lot of like build related stuff and config. The DevOpsy stuff is just I definitely don't feel comfortable there yet. Yeah. Yeah. That it, look, DevOps. I'm. I'd say I'm. I know enough to do some damage. <laughs> so I know enough to like. I could take down the site if I wanted to. Uh, but it's it's. But I'm no in nowhere near like a. And I wouldn't call myself like a DevOps developer. Like I definitely not even intermediate level. I'm sort of a novice in that, but I know enough to get around. So it's almost like it feels like early days for that stuff getting getting better anyway. For example, we lean on a lot of that GitHub Actions kind of stuff, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. that there's like a local dev end for that. That's super good. So you can kind of tell when Alex has had like a long long day at the GitHub Actions shop because there's like you see commit 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 because all he's doing is like triggering mm, another to action to action see. working. Yeah, so it's a commit. Then you know, I don't know. Read Reddit for three minutes while the thing is doing its thing, and come back see if it works. It's interesting too. There's a lot of software being built around. You used to have a DevOps team, right? You used to have like a bunch of guys on a server room, 
And if you wanted anything operations done, you had to like go to them. Like my husband, Andy's worked on teams like that where you have to, you have to email a guy and he's, you know, he's always like (laughs) some neckbeard dude who's like really has no social communication skills. And like, you're like, please, I just, I just want to get my build onto this server, but you have to go through human. And there's like lots of software like GitHub Actions and stuff built around like just eliminating the people from that process and like someone like Alex who is really more of an IC like Go developer type than a DevOps person. It allows him to build like all of the DevOps for CodePen, which is no small feat, um, and have the software do a lot of the heavy lifting on that, automate a lot of things and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's... um. That's, uh, that's helpful. This podcast is brought to you by Split, the feature management and experimentation platform. What if a release was exactly how it sounds? A moment of relief, an escape from slow, painful deployments that hold back product engineers. Free for teams and your features with Split. By attaching insightful data to feature flags, Split helps you quickly deploy, measure, and learn the impact of every feature you release, which means you can turn up what works, turn off what doesn't, give software innovation the room to run wild. Now you can safely deliver features up to 50 times faster and ah, exhale. Split feature management and experimentation. What a release. Reimagine software delivery. Start your free trial Oh, that's generous. And create your first feature flag at split.io slash codepen. Thanks for the support. So we talked about, or we're we're going to, we plan to talk about just kind of communication in general. It's just a little obvious. There's no job in the world which doesn't benefit from good, clear communication. Written communication is always valuable. Surely people that work together in the same office benefit from good written communication too. But all that just gets cranked up a notch when uh, you're not face-to-face, you're all remote and all that. So we've talked about the tools like Notion a bunch of times just because it just happens to be a tool that we... We uh, we use for a lot of written communication and other kind of stuff. Very important tool. Dee and I just talked a few episodes ago about you know replanning how we're using it for our PM tools and stuff, and it tr- truly is important. But like you can't half-ass any of that stuff. I mean, it's just got to be just paragraph after paragraph <laughs> or whatever of good clean data on what the heck's going on around here and yeah it's um it's a, a one skill that you sort of need to develop as a remote remote worker is written communication because it's really hard to like especially dealing in software it's really hard to clearly write what you mean there's been so many times where i've like written something and i've gone this is i've done it and then i talk to the person who read it afterwards and I'm like, wow, they really did not understand <laughs> what I said at all. You know, it's like so difficult to, to get that, get that right. So, um, it's, you suddenly, I think if you're a remote worker, you suddenly find yourself having to like write a lot, like explain yourself a lot, even if it's just in Slack, like you can't be putting weird, nondescript, vague stuff in Slack because it's just confusing for people. So you have to like articulate yourself, and, um, well, and it's just, it's hard. It's, it's, 
it's a real skill to to communicate that way. Even the where, I think we, I don't know if it struggles the right word, but you might even, I think two, two or three times this happened today where somebody's like, I have some thoughts that I need to think about or share or something. And then mm-hmm. it's not actually in Slack. They give you like the one sentence thing of like, I was thinking about this. So link to Notion. I wrote it over there. Go read it over yeah. there. And yeah. then sometimes it's like, oh, I got, I, I wrote a bunch of code and I need you to think about the code. So where that writing is, is at the top of a PR. In, in PR, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, the PR is going to go in. So I'm about to lose essentially what's at the top of that PR so that the a new version of what I'm trying to articulate needs to be the part, the message of the merge commit of the PR. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. And and, and the notion itself isn't just like, oh, it's a page and then you read the page. It's not like a Google Doc. It's like, well, yeah, but where in Notion? Is it the special Mm. one-off page that you just because you just used it like a Google Doc? That's actually pretty rare for us. More likely it's part of a card that has other associated tasks to it or something or meeting notes that are sitting on a calendar. Yeah. Yeah, so this like, where do you write stuff? I wouldn't say you struggle just because I don't see a lot of us like, asking questions about when and where I should do that. But it is interesting to me how scattered it is. Yeah, it is. I can. In, we're such a small team. I feel like it's manageable. I can't imagine what it would be like to be, say, on a team of 40 devs and they're all communicating this way. Like you just spend most of your day trying to, like, keep track of all the stuff people have put everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be crazy. It'd be tempting to be like, just please, people, GitHub only or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you'd have to sort of be more strict about where you put things. Like we, we sort of just we've fallen into a groove and it works for us. Like, but we haven't really explicitly laid out where certain things go beyond things. Like, if it's an issue, if it's like a bug with the site, we put that yeah. in GitHub issues. But if it's you know, a feature request coming through support, we put that in Notion. Like we do have guidelines for those sorts of things. But as for communications about like our individual work each day, like, yeah, I'll put things in Notion, I'll put things on my GitHub PR, I'll put things in Slack. So <laughs> it's really just those three, but the, the, the balance is tricky. Yeah, I've, 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 the other day I thought, will I put this thing that this info, I wanted to, you know, I wanted you and Stephen to have comments on a PR I'd added. And I thought, will I put the request for comment in the PR description? But then I thought, yes. no, because the commenting system for GitHub PR sucks. Like I hate reading them. Like they're just so awkward and they're they don't chain well. Whereas like in a Notion doc, you can like highlight a section of the document I've read and then leave a comment on that specific section. It's just so much better for like discussion. And so I was like, I'm going to put, I'm going to put the request for comments and the information in a Notion doc. And then I link to that Notion doc from the GitHub PR. But that was like literally a thought process I went to through. I was like, well, I put this here. And I was like, no, I'll put it in Notion because it's easy to add comments and, and be more specific there. Right. If there's any degree of like speculativeness of what's going on too, our culture so far hasn't been like do a PR. I think that might change. I mean, we literally talked about it today a little bit of 
we should almost do more speculative PRs that are like, mm-hmm. well, maybe we'll just close the PR and not be too sad about it. Mm. But uh, PRs generally here mean they're going in. They're going at in. Some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like we say they're speculative and then they go in <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like they're going in. <laughs> Looks good to me. <laughs> Magic. it. And the um, I know there's like these two kinds of comments on PRs, and they're always there's you can you can comment on code which is nice, I think. You say, mm. I have a comment about this file, this piece of this file, whatever. And those can be resolved, which I kind of like, because you're like, okay, we talked about it. Boop, it's gone. Uh, you can always find it again, but it has some resolution to it. Or you can just leave a comment on the PR, and those you can't resolve. Those just are like a permanent piece of conversation forever on the on that PR, which I always found obnoxious. And I, st- and I don't have a... <laughs> A way to, because you always have to make this choice. You're like, okay, I'm going to comment on a piece of code. Am I adding a single comment or am I starting a review? And I'm like, I haven't decided yet, actually. So (laughs) I always do single comments because I'm like, I can't commit to a review right now. I don't know what I'm going to do in the next 30 seconds. (laughs) So there's a secondary problem is that if you say, I'm going to start a review and then you walk away, that comment, they never see that comment. Alex has literally been burnt by that like multiple times with me. Like he's like, he's slacked me and been like, I left comments on your PR. And I'm like, okay. And I like, he's like, we can have a meeting about it tomorrow. And then I go to the PR and it's like, nothing. One comment. And I'm like, okay, it seems weird that he wants to have a meeting about like this single comment, but okay, we'll have a chat. And then he's like, so what did you think? Did you read my stuff? And I'm like, what stuff? And then he's like, Oh no, like he forgot to like submit the the review yeah. and I didn't see any of the comments. It's like so annoying. Why? I <laughs> literally don't get it. I think they've had a lot of feedback about how much like PR's UX sucks on GitHub. Like I get the sense that they've had a lot of feedback and they're like, I think they are trying to rewrite it right now. Like I think it's something they're working on. Mm. So that's that's right in their wheelhouse because I always always found that interesting that PRs are not a Git concept; they're a implementation of Git concept. Exactly. Like, yeah. GitHub can do whatever they on want top. with PRs, yeah. which mm-hmm. is I think a cool position uh, for them to be in. Even though there's so many features of Git that you're like, actually, that's just built right into it's Git. Just Git, yeah. Just Git, all the branching, whatnot. All right, so good, good documentation and all that stuff. Then there's just meetings in general. Uh, mm. I was just circling back to remote work in general and stuff, and finding time for that. Also, a thing that you got to get the balance right on. I don't know that we've ever nailed it, but we tend to go in these phases where we're like we always got the one. As far as I know, it's never been questioned. Like we have it all hands. Sometimes yeah. the format of it we changes have to see a little each bit. Other. Once yeah. a week, at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that would be weird. Nobody's ever been like, eh, can we nix this? Can we nix out with the one meeting? <laughs> the, yeah. But then there's there's sometimes when we start new, bigger things where we're like, we should be meeting every day, you know, or like, and then we just have tons of meetings for a little while and it never lasts because it's just, it's, I think it's draining to us all in a ways. And we're just like, but we need to work too. <laughs> you outstrip the, you know, there's, there's, you get heavy on decision making. And then at some point you can't, you can't make any more decisions until you get a bit more implementation done. And then, and then that's when things slow down. Cause it's like, oh, we need to actually implement these decisions we've made before, before we can make some new decisions. 
and yeah. um, then and then we slow down. I think CodePen, like it's funny. Mo- most people complain about how their company. It's funny. I listen to Cal Newport. He talks a lot about work and remote work and how to you know organize your work. And the the CodePen is the minority in how we structure our work. Like all this async like asynchronous documentation and stuff. It's just something developers are used to doing. So like because we're a company filled with developers, we're like totally comfortable with like, you know, making Notion docs and writing on the GitHub PR and all that. Most companies are like, oh, we'll just sit on Zoom calls all day rather than like have to um, do any async, like asynchronous stuff. Like we'll just literally just be in meetings on Zoom like all day. And that's how we'll do remote work. And people get like burnt out on it because they're like, I'm in Zoom calls and I have no time to actually do my work. But because nobody's willing to like do anything async, everything has to be a conversation, like that it just becomes this sort of like Zoom call nightmare. And I think that's like the the standard for a lot of remote, mm-hmm. like knowledge work companies that are not dev focused. Um, but CodePen almost swings the other way. Like our natural inclination is to like never have meetings. Never. <laughs> we're like, we're Trying to get it down to zero meetings. Just the one. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have to sort of push ourselves to be like, oh no, we should probably have some meetings about stuff because if you, <laughs> if you get on your own for too long, you can sort of head down tracks that would have been either unnecessary or like you make decisions that, would have been better off if somebody at house had had some input and had a conversation about it. So it's just it's just funny that our company's default mode is the opposite to what most people's default mode, which is like have yeah, a meeting it's just a about everything. Thing. We're like no no meetings formed early I'm ever. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's like a you know people say that about startups and stuff that like early DNA gets established and that's just. It just lingers forever. Yeah. Well, I, your your guys' original thing at um, wasn't it before you started CodePen? Was it Wufu? It was the same deal. We had one meeting a week. You used to just only one meeting a week, and you just yeah. work all week on your own stuff, and like not even you just like wouldn't even talk to each other all week. Basically, yeah. like you like the only time you even had a conversation. That's right. I mean, it was kind of before Zoom and stuff anyway. Yeah, like you'd have one meeting uh, together on. Fridays or something was it, and so I think that mm-hmm. just in four, like that's how the companies that's and that's how you three who started the company started, and you went to CodePen. You sort of like tried to, we just was like, oh, we'll just keep going at this, doing it this way. Well, because that was successful, and then we went to SurveyMonkey, and it was like, sure, that company's successful too, but like it was just all in person work all the time, and we're like, this is horrible. So like, I, despite the success, I'd rather go back to the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but well, I think the true thing is a happy medium because CodePen is such an expansive product. I mean, yeah. it's so much bigger than Wufu ever was in terms of like the breadth of what this product covers and like what it supports. So you can't you can't really just not talk to anyone about what you're doing all week. It's just it doesn't work. So <laughs> right, yeah, it's just it's getting wild here. You know, there's a, a tiny little aspect for you specifically that factors into this too that I think is interesting is that you are not only remote and in Australia, but but are, are um, you know, I don't know, part-time is the right word for it or contractor structure. Yeah, part-time. Like I probably do about 22 hours a week on average. That's sort of like roughly the amount of time I work. It sort of goes up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that, because I've got two small kids, I that's what I wanted. I, like this started when I had my first baby and I just wanted more flexibility in my week to just, I didn't wasn't really interested in working 40 hours and having my husband work 40 hours and um, trying to, you know, fill all that time with childcare. And mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to see my kids more while they're so little and before they're at school. So that's what I asked you guys, if we could do that, or I'd, we'd sort of, I do... Um, roughly 20, yeah. 20 hours a week and um, that's what we do now. Um, and I, I love it. I honestly don't know if I would ever go back to 40 hours a week in mm. because I just feel like third, I reckon I could do, I'd do 30. Like if I had full control of my schedule, maybe when the kids are older, I'd, I'd go for 30. I just feel like 40 hours a week, I, for some people certainly like they can do it, but for me, I just don't feel like I can give 40 hours of my best to work, mm-hmm. like, for a week. And I'm then so why bother? About that. It, it like, seems why? like that from the yeah. outside. It seems like the 22 hours you do are just really, really strong. Yeah. It's like and, the way I think yeah. about before when I was full-time, I sort of went to half-time and I feel like I get 75% done of the full-time work that I was doing, you know. So even though I'm like cut back to half the hours, I'm producing sort of 75% of what I was doing at full-time and that's because those 20 hours I'm giving, you know, I'm giving it my full attention. I'm, you know, when you're coding, you can really only do like six hours of hard concentration a day and that's then you're just spent you're like you cannot do any more than that like it's just garbage what comes after that so like it's and my job is a lot of that like I don't have a lot of um I don't have a lot of admin it's like admin or or meetings and that sort of thing it's a lot of just thinking about hard problems trying to solve problems trying to code so it's yeah I just feel like it's so much more efficient to just put in like a good 20 to 30 hours work and instead of spending that 10 hours like faffing around at work and doing like, you know, a a lacklustre job, like just reclaiming that and being like, I'm not working those hours, I'm just going to spend that on my personal life. And at the end of the day, like you still have good output. So I'm I'm, I'm all for the 30-hour work week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like full four day work week or whatever people talk about now. I'm like, right, right, let's right. do it. And is it just, 40 hours it, is too much? It, <laughs> do you think it fell together naturally though, or is it like, is it is it literally just because you have less time? You just know that that's what's ahead of you, and there's just less of that faffing or whatever. Or did you have to find that? You know, did you have to be like, okay, I only, have, you know, I don't know, I have to think about this more. It's, it's. I think it's. What's that? Um, what's the law where like you make something fit? Yeah, the space. Then it. Yeah. The amount of time it's allocated. It's very much that. So like when you approach your week of like, oh my god, I have these things to do, and I've only got twenty hours to fit it in. You just change your mindset. And you just get in and you do it. And I think, and I also think about what's the most effective thing for me to be doing right now. And it stops me from going down rabbit holes of like, you know, like yeah. less effective, I guess, work um, because I'm like, I don't have time for that, you know. Whereas if I had a full work week, like Monday to Friday, full day, I think I would have a different approach. Like I'd be like, oh, I've got time to do this because 
I've got a full week to do it. So you sort of do just sort of change your approach when you on limited, limited yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I think this this little special software world niche we you know, kind of fits that mold a little bit. You know, the the, the work happens like in this in this Aaron chair looking at yeah. a computer. It's not like you got to be like, well, I got to drive out to got to drive 45 minutes away, yeah. shoot some video, drive all the way back, download yeah. the video, edit it. You know, there's some, there's like constraints on if that was your job. Oh, totally. you, you, I mean, you, you literally can't get it done in 20 hours. And but. like it it's uh, yeah, it's like developer I see is perfect for this. Like, you know, I I have some time my day, I sit down, I smash it out. You know, we have meetings. Mhm probably one meeting a day max. So, you know, there's one or, and, or maybe I'll have a second conversation with somebody else. So, you know, I will have a couple of hours of meetings max in the morning and then the rest of the days I can do it whenever. And that's just, that works with this role. If I was like the manager of a team of, you know, 15 devs in some sort of, um, organization where you have like that sort of thing going on I probably couldn't work 20 hours a week because my the devs I was managing would would need me around more than that so it's sort of like just the nature of this job is lets me work a part-time schedule which is amazing Mm -hmm. I see baby it's where it's at Mm. (laughs) all about all about that I see all about that I see work <clears throat> yeah, in a tiny startup stuff. well we're not really a startup anymore just a tiny company <laughs> yeah, but so. i've always struggled with that You're like are we though i don't know how and it he works said to me, you guys aren't a startup you, you you finished starting up years ago you're just a little yeah. company now <laughs> yeah you're just too old for that stuff uh okay well thanks for talking to me rach that was good stuff everybody remote work it's pretty cool tech everybody loves it um, mm-hmm. take care of yourselves <laughs> be good we'll get Rach back again soon everybody clap really loudly for Rach in your cars <laughs> <laughs> okay see you later alright see ya Three one eight.